are listening to Lockdown Chats with City of London Symphonia, featuring Alexandra Wood in conversation with Mark Penny. Hello and welcome. I'm Alexandra Wood. I'm the leader and creative director of the orchestra and today I'm having a little chat with our Prince Principal Hall, Mark Payne. Welcome, Mark. Uh, now, it's uh, early June, which would mean that we would have started uh, the season at Opera Holland Park. Of course, the operas, very sadly, won't be happening this year. And uh, that's left a huge void, I think, in the kind of artistic life in London for the audiences that go there. Uh, very regularly. It's got a very loyal and, and ever-expanding audience. It's getting very, very popular now. The cast and crew at Holland Park, but of course our own musicians, because uh, Holland Park has become part and parcel of the fabric of what we do at CLS. It kind of helps us define our year and the arch of, of the seasons. Um, but none more so than for you, Mark, because you are a kind of legend in the orchestra, let's face it, because more often than not, you do every single opera. Am I right? Um, you're, you're pretty much right there, Alex. I think the word legend is a nice way of saying an old man. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but I mean, I think it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing, a show of stamina. First of all, you're there most evenings uh, from like mid-May till beginning of August, say. And um, what the audience maybe don't realise is at the start of the season, uh, very often you will be rehearsing later operas in the day and then you'll have a performance in the evening so just um in terms of uh, particularly as a brass player i mean they must be grueling days surely you by the end of the season you must be absolutely exhausted how how, how do you manage it um it's quite paced it, it's nicely paced even if you do as i tend to do most of the operas it, th there is a sense of pace in it you're very very busy as you say at the beginning of the season, because there's up to six hours of solid rehearsals in a day, very rarely do you have a performance after that. So it's just six hours of rehearsals and then you, you get one opera up and running, but then every other day you've got another six hours and the other opera gets going. But then once they get going, it's just every evening. And that's great, your, your summer takes on a, a beautiful rhythm. But then when you get towards the run, towards the end of the run of those operas, then of course the next two have to be prepared. And so then you're quite right, Alex, it does get extremely busy. And of course, the early rehearsals for the orchestra can't be in the Opera Holland Park Theatre because there are other things going on there. So it tends to be a different side of London. So. I like to be on my bicycle during the summer weather in London, and I have done for years now. Um, and so it, it means a rehearsal or two in one part of London, then get on your bike, literally on your bike, mate, to the other side, to West London, to Holland Park, have a nice picnic with the peacocks and the people enjoying the, the lovely summer afternoon or the freezing wind. And then we do a performance. But you, you mentioned about the demands of a brass player. Yes, if I've got, if I know I've got, say, a difficult opera in the evening and it's one of those very rare days when there's a rehearsal or two on the same day for a different opera, I do have to take it very, very carefully in the, in the rehearsal beforehand because you've got to leave all, all, all your best for the performance at night, of course. And um, 
is there a particular routine or a kind of maybe a ritual that you go through before a performance to get yourself in the right uh, frame of mind? You know, you've just hopped off your bike. Uh, is there something you do to, to get yourself ready? I think you've even met me backstage as I've just hopped off my bike and it's probably a good idea to say that one of my routines is therefore to go straight to the little shower that we've got backstage <laughs> and freshen up after the riding because I, I come in from South London and it's I've got it down to a one hour and ten minute ride so I'm usually in need of a good shower when I get there. I will then go and do a quick warm-up on on this thing, my beloved French horn, my Alexander, and do a quick warm up in the pit and look at all the difficult bits that are coming up in the opera, refresh myself if, if we haven't done it for a few days of what's around the corner and what to look out for. And then I'll put it away and go and have a picnic in the park. And there could be fewer places more lovely than Holland Park in which to enjoy a summer's evening quick picnic before the opera. And so like, I feel I'm prepared. I'm, after the shower, I'm in my all blacks for the concert. I've done a bit of a warm up and I've had a, a quick supper in the park. Lovely. Of course though, if the weather's nice, because the weather is a hot topic in the band room uh, at Holland Park. You know, how many layers you might need, how many layers you might need to hold ready for later, because that's the, that's the kind of key thing. You forget that it gets colder mm. as the night goes on. But you must have seen it all right. from, from like the kind of early freezing performances to when it's been really, really hot, or what, what, what do you remember particularly about weather impacting on performances and perhaps your instrument as well? Well, yes, that, that is a key issue to our life in Holland Park. Um, I've done 79 operas over 16 seasons. And so I think you could say I've experienced the entire gamut of weather. We've, we were flooded out one night. We've, we've had thunderstorms on many nights. It's been so boiling hot. James Clutton has had to very kindly install ceiling fans in the whole backstage area to try and cool down that big tented area that it is. And then, of course, the, what we all remember and all talk about is the freezing cold. And, and yes, Alex, you're exactly right. How to pace yourself, whether you put on everything at the beginning or pace yourself and, and leave that final sixth layer of warmth for the evening or a beanie hat if you're as thin on top as I am. And that brings me to another point. The horns are sitting on the very far left of the orchestra as you look at the stage. Now that's right underneath the opening towards mm. the west. And the prevailing winds in summer, I can tell you after 16 years in the summer there, the prevailing wind is from the west, west-southwest. And so that means a good old horn section, which seats along four of us, two, two or usually four of us, along the back of, or the, the side of the back of the orchestra, we end up being the windshield for the orchestra. So we get this howling gale on the backs of our necks for three hours, and then we might, on a modern evening encounter the string players at the coffee queue and the cake queue at the interval saying oh it's a nice warm night tonight and we sort of <laughs> grumble and and mutter under our breath yeah that's because we're your windbreak mate <laughs> but it's all good fun it's all as you know Alex it's it's all taken in a fantastic spirit and and even so I must say that I have been felt colder 
there at Holland Park than at any other time of my life. And then, of course, trying to play your instrument yeah. when you're shaking. Sometimes we've had to crouch down a little bit off the front of our seats, and so I'll get too close to the to the camera just to illustrate the point, and be trying to play your, your instrument like that and looking up at the conductor, music flapping around in the background, um, because of the cold wind. Oh, it's all good fun. They don't teach you that <laughs> at music college, do they? No, they don't. And does it, it must, um, does it affect the horn as well? I mean, I know it has sort of small impact on string instruments and maybe you wouldn't hear it in the audience, but you can feel that the instrument's responding differently. Yeah. But, but do you get water collecting in the instrument more than yeah. normal or? Yes, fantastic question, Alex. We do, because of the um, hot, moist air that we're blowing through a cold, an absolutely freezing cold metal tube, you get condensation, which is a polite word for spit. And so, yes, we have to, you'll see us doing this endlessly in the, in, in the pit on a cold night because water collects in, in these lower parts of the tube here, or condensation collects there and, and can really muck up the playing. But also, just like your fingers on the fingerboard and the, the feel of the bow on the string, I'm sure, we, our sensitivity of our lips is also affected by the freezing cold. Mm. And yeah, there's a classic moment in Mozart's opera Così Fantuti that we've done, I think now three times at Holland Park, um, where very late in the opera, around about uh, just after 10 o'clock at night, usually, um, we get to a really difficult aria fantastic aria for the soprano and two horns feature very prominently and Mozart gave really florid exciting passages but by that time on a cold night we're absolutely frozen and we're emptying out our horns as, as I said before before we have to play it we're trying to get our lips to to buzz to vibrate properly so we're we're, we're desperately trying to get that working before we have to come in on this delicate beautiful quiet Quiet, high music. Oh, Mozart had no idea that it would be performed in a park. <laughs> the challenges that you face. So you said you've done 79 operas, is that right? Do yep, you, that's right. Do you have a favourite? Um, oh. Or do you have a, and also do you have a favourite, maybe they're the same thing, a favourite memory of your time at Holland Park? Oh, wow. Well, as, as you could imagine, with so many operas, that's a really great question, but a really difficult one to answer. Some of my memories, some might be not particularly musical memories, like the, the night that the legendary La Stupenda, Joan Sutherland, arrived in the audi auditorium and just took everybody's breath away and everybody just stood up to applaud her when we came when she came in that's a memory i shall never ever forget her husband richard bonning was conducting the production that's why she mm. came along um oh a favorite opera one that springs to mind is ariadne afnaxos which i think we did a couple of years ago i've always wanted to do a richard strauss opera being being a horn player and that was my opportunity. That was fantastic. And, but of course, the Verismo operas for which James and Mike are so justifiably renowned for introducing and reintroducing to London audiences 
through Opera Holland Park, I've just a joy to be a part of. This new, exciting opera that hasn't been heard in decades, or in some cases has never been heard on these shores. Just to play one of those for the first time, is, is there's, there's simply nothing like it. So a stream of memories and yeah, memories of great productions too. I remember one of the one of the first ones that the orchestra was involved with. I think the second season we were there, 2005, Verdi's Macbeth, fantastic production that James put together, and they had this a, bl a blank white wall at the back of the stage behind Lady Macbeth, and during the course of the opera, gradually blood red trickled down the front of this of this white panel this enormous panel at the back and the effect was just spine chilling it was amazing i was mightily impressed yeah. but there have been just so many moments that i could just go on and on and on for hours <laughs> <laughs> well what i mean uh, it's probably hard to say as well but what will you miss most about holland park this year oh dear yep great question the camaraderie the the feeling of being part of a massive team, massive team. And that includes the, the unseen team, the backstage crew, the hairdressers, the makeup artists, just we're part of a big group that brings together this, this wonderful production. And then when we get to that moment, as I, as I said recently, uh, we get to that moment where all the preparation just comes to a halt we can't we can't nobody can do anything more and mm. then music herself takes over mm. and nobody can stop it it's just the music takes over and it's that that beautiful transition from all the preparation to the performance and sitting there in that that place where the audience can see you we the musicians can see the audience and the singers it's just so special and, and that's what I miss and I miss if perhaps like like you Alex you have many solos solo violin parts with with the singers I as a horn player often have little little moments where I have a gorgeous solo to play with a, a tenor or soprano and the Holland Park pit being what it is I can just sort of turn a little and I can see and sometimes even have eye contact with the soprano or the tenor or whoever it happens to be. And I think, I hope I can say that I play it better because there is that personal visual contact in what we're doing in the music. It's just a very, very special environment that brings out the best in, in, in the huge team of people. Finally, Mark, when when life hopefully starts to return to, to more like normal, will never yeah. be the same, I don't think, actually, but, but uh, when we start going back to work, what, what are you most looking forward to? Oh, just the things that we used to just take for granted and now that we can't do, just have so much more potency, more depth, more, more yes, just, just depth, just the camaraderie, just being on stage with top, top musicians like yourself and, and all of our colleagues and making music at the highest level and that live contact, the eye contact when we're, when we're playing together. I think one of the 
last things that we did together, Alex, was that lovely concert of chamber music uh, of um, Beethoven, wasn't it? And that's right, um, yeah. Just gorgeous to be sitting on stage so close to people, you can feel the vibrations of the double bass in the floor. And you have that eye contact when you come in with a, on a phrase with, with a colleague. It's just those little things that, that, will be, that are really missed and, I, and to which I'll be really looking forward when it all returns. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you today. And um, yeah, I look forward to those eye contact moments too. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very Thanks, much. Alex.